You are tuning to another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. I really don't think the Royals are that far off from building what the Arizona Diamondbacks have. I've also got some candidates to bounce back. And lastly, am I concerned about the Orioles picking up Tucker Davidson from the Royals roster? I'll tell you next on Lockdown Royals. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jack Johnson, and follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 1-5. And be sure to download this podcast wherever you get your podcast. That can be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Got a lot of sports that are right around the corner. We're in full swing now for the World Series. Game one will happen on Friday. So go to FanDuel, start placing your bets now. We'll be talking about them coming up, up coming up in about 15 to 20 minutes or so. If this is your first ever episode tuning in to Lockdown Royals, of course, welcome in. We always welcome in new listeners, and I'm sure you're wondering who I am. Well, I'm really no different than you. I'm a diehard Royals fan. And my day job just involves maybe a little bit more sports, maybe not, but I work in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I also have a morning show on ESPN Kansas City Daily, Sports Radio 810. I've got a show once a week uh, during the nighttime slot. So if you ever want to check me out there, just go to their social media accounts, go to their podcasting pages, because it won't be hard to find my name there if you want to hear stuff other than the Kansas City Royals. But when you come here, when you want to listen to more Royals content, Royals thoughts, opinions, well, this is the place to come to on the Locked On Podcast Network. We try to keep it Royal-centric every single day. And if we do go off the tracks a little bit, we just want you to know that we're always trying to tie it back in to the Royals in somehow, some way, shape, or form. And I think that's what I wanted to do today. Um, we saw last night in Game 7 of the National League Championship Series an Arizona team pull off the impossible. And that was to go into Philadelphia, trailing three games to two, rattle it off in game six, and then find a way to win in game seven with Brandon Fott, a rookie, on the mound. And Philly was throwing everything at Arizona. I mean, they used Zach Wheeler out of the pen. Uh, they started Ranger Suarez, who was arguably their second best pitcher behind Aaron Nola. You could have given the nod to Zach Wheeler. Wouldn't you know harp on it too much. But Ranger Suarez had been really good. And you throw that lineup at Arizona – I think the money would track a little bit more towards for the Phillies lineup, to that offense, playing at home. You're not going to lose game seven. There's no way you're going to lose game seven. What we saw last night, an Arizona team that won 84 games in the regular season pull off the impossible. And we've dedicated the podcast segment before to you know fans that were complaining about the ratings now and, oh, it means the regular season is meaningless. Look, I don't think that Arizona came into the postseason with any sort of advantage. The wild card series, they didn't get any games at home. They had to face Milwaukee. Then they had to face the Dodgers. And if you're thinking the Dodgers got the short end of the stick, they had two games at home. And they could have fought back against the, the Diamondbacks in Arizona. Didn't happen. And then Philly, I mean, they had their chance to win in game four. They win the first two. They dominated the D-backs in the first two games of the series. So I'm not shedding any tears 
for a team that had the advantage going in to beat an Arizona team. They didn't have to face the Dodgers. They got an 84-win Arizona Diamondbacks team that wasn't really supposed to be there. So if you're going to complain about the regular season format, no, it just means that the regular season wins don't matter. I'm not really here for it. I mean, you win 100-plus games, you get a one-seed, a two-seed, or a three-seed, guess what? Well, if you're the one-seed, you get a bye. You don't have to worry about the wild-card series. And then it's, oh, well, they don't get to play baseball for a week. Oh, my gosh, give me a break. I mean, seriously, give me a break about good teams getting a bye and that end up not being a good thing. Then you welcome on the wild-card winner and get the first two games at home. Your ace is rested up. Sometimes the wild card winner doesn't get to start the race in game one. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. If you're into big name teams being in the World Series, that's your opinion. If you wanted the Braves and the Orioles, the two one seeds to make it, I mean, the Orioles had a low payroll, so I don't really know if the ratings on that side would have been fantastic. If you wanted the Astros to be there, you wanted the Blue Jays to be there, well, they had their fair chance. I mean, to me at this point, if you're more so about regular season wins, well, then just I'm assuming on your side of things, you don't want a postseason at all. Let's just go back to the way it was, and let's take the best team from the American League, the best team from the National League, and they go to the World Series. Let's not even worry or concern ourselves if we're going to constantly complain about Arizona making the World Series. And here's another thing I want to add before I get into the Royals side of things here. I mean, Arizona played in the NL West, so there's a reason they had 84 wins. They're dealing with the Dodgers. They're dealing with the Padres, the Giants. It's a tough division to be in. They were good enough to get in. And then the argument is, well, all you got to do is get hot for two weeks. That's kind of the same for any sport. You can get hot in March Madness. Look at the Final Four last year. It was Florida Atlantic, San Diego State. I mean, UConn, who wasn't a one seed, they just got really hot at the right time. It's what makes that postseason, you know, time in basketball fun. You know, in the NBA, yeah, you may see more of the top dogs uh, in the in the finals more often than not. But I think what we've seen in this World Series is better than anything. You know, I, I'm Phillies and Astros. I'm, I'm a baseball fan, as we know by now. I enjoy watching those teams get to the World Series. I don't want to be told who's going to be the team over and over and over again. If it's the one seed versus the one seed, well, that's going to be pretty boring to me. I thought there were two excellent series with Texas and Houston, excellent series for Arizona and Philly, but don't act like Millie, Philly is you know, a team that deserved an extra advantage here or that Arizona sucks, so they shouldn't be there. Arizona got it done. They won on the road against Milwaukee. They won on the road against the Dodgers, and they had to win on the road against Philly. I tip my cap to them. But again, what you're wondering right now is uh, the Royals and Arizona tie in here. Well, we brought it up before, and I just kind of wanted to touch on it again. You know, I thought that this World Series really is perfect for the Royals front office. You've got the Rangers who spent a lot of money to get to where they're at. In Arizona, who caught lightning in a bottle, I would say, resemble the 2014 Royals a little bit, but also I don't think have a payroll that's astronomical. I mean, really, to me, everything Arizona's done roster-wise, roster construction, is something the Royals can do. I mean, you have your superstar. Okay, Corbin Carroll is a superstar in Arizona. Well, I'd say Bobby Wood Jr. is pretty comparable to somebody like Carroll, only Carroll's under a long-time contract now. He's got that eight-year deal. Now, what the Royals are missing is a Cattell Marte, their most expensive player on the roster since they DFA'd Madison Bumgarner. I think they're still paying him, though. But for a guy that's actually on the roster, the Royals don't have a Cattell Marte. They don't have a Christian Walker. But I think there's two guys that could reach that ceiling. I think Benny Pasquantino could be a Christian Walker over a full season. I think that Michael Garcia could be a Cattell Marte type if he hits that ceiling. 
And then the Diamondbacks have a lights-out bullpen and a great rotation. I wouldn't even say a great rotation. They got Zach Gallon, Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly, I think, is making about 9 to $10 million a year. Zach Gallon's the ace, but they made trades at the right time. They got Gallon in that Paul Goldschmidt trade. It took a little bit of time, and it took a while, but now it's paying off. But like Brandon Fott, Brandon Fott was not excellent in the regular season, but it's finding the right guys that fit your roster. I mean, going after Ryan Thompson from Tampa Bay, going after somebody like Paul Seawall from Seattle, making moves like that to solidify that bullpen. What gives me hope, what gets me giddy about this situation, much more so than the Texas spot. I mean, I just don't see the Royals doing what Texas did. Spending $500 million on a middle infield, I don't see that happening. Buying DeGrom, buying Scherzer. I know Scherzer was a trade, but uh, taking on that contract, trading away prospects, you know, getting a John Gray, getting an Evaldi, getting an Andrew Heaney. I don't see that being the, the route for the Royals. But the Diamondbacks, whether it's sustainable or not, they were in the postseason. And they were built to win in the postseason. They've showed it by getting to the World Series. And to me, it gets me giddy because I'm not even going off the, the 110 loss and the 106 loss comparing that. No, that just means the Royals are going to be a World Series-bound team in two years. It's not that. It's that you can find a way to build an 80-some win team and not be swept out of the playoffs. Like Miami was not built to win in the postseason. It showed when Philly stomped on them. In the wild card series, they were raced pretty quickly. Arizona, they built it off bullpen, good pitching. And they just had a couple of stars that went together. What I loved um, about this outfield with Arizona, like Lourdes, Lourdes Gurriel is not somebody that I could see the Royals never getting. I don't think he fits the team, but that's not somebody like Marcus Simeon. That's not somebody like Adolis Garcia, you know, hitting on a jackpot. Like Alec Thomas in the outfield is kind of just like Kyle Isbell, a younger Kyle Isbell. Like the Diamondbacks could win with Alec Thomas out there. Jake McCarty, I mean, all those guys, they were young, good prospects for Arizona, but they built around Corbin Carroll, had a very good bullpen, didn't blow many games, and they just steadily increased their win total. They lost 110, then I think lost only 80-some games, 88 games maybe. And then this year at a winning record, got in. Whether you want to be pissed at them or not, they got in and beat teams that were tough to beat. The Brewers, Dodgers, and Phillies, of course, were all three teams that seemed unbeatable at the time. The only team they didn't face was Atlanta, and Philly beat Atlanta. So I tip my cap to them, and it makes me feel a little bit better. I'm not saying it's linear. It's going to be the exact same, but the Royals can look at that format and go, okay, let's work on building a bullpen. I guarantee you with a really good bullpen this year, the Royals are going to be far more competitive than they were this year. I mean, bullpen alone, if they just spent money on the bullpen, you're looking at a much different team because I think they've got the talent that Arizona kind of resembles. Corbin Carroll, Bobby Witt Jr. I think Vinny Pasquantino can be a Christian Walker. Michael Garcia has got a ways to go to be Cattell Marte because of how good he is. But I think the ceiling's there. It's just something to watch here. And, and maybe Cole Reagans becomes the Zach Gallon of this rotation. There's some pieces in place I just don't think they're that far off from where Arizona's roster is. That does not mean they're going to be in the World Series in two years. I just think in roster construction, everything Arizona did, it's doable with the right voices, the right mentality, and spending money the right way. But cool to see Arizona do it. I'm not one of those guys going to complain about one seeds getting a disadvantage. I don't see it. Arizona had to win. They got it done. Had to win on the road. They got it done. Congratulations to them getting to the World Series. Okay, the next thing we're going to dive into, I gave you my guys I think are going to regress this coming year. Now I got some guys I think are going to bounce back in 2024. 
I'll tell you who next on Lockdown Royals. You are tuned to Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Now, before we dive into some bounce back candidates for 2024, want to give a shout out to one of the title sponsors today in Jace Medical. Now, it doesn't matter if you're living on your own, you're living with somebody. It can be scary at times of thinking about the financials of getting care, you know, health care and and having to worry about antibiotics. Maybe you'd be in the country, maybe you're not. There's scary situations that happen. I mean, for me, you know, I'm renting a home right now and I want to be sure that I've got all my financials figured out. But maybe one that you know, I worry about the most is just, you know, care, just having the medical care. If something goes wrong, I want to be sure that I can be taken care of. And with Jace Medical, they do take care of you. Now, modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment that you need. Jace Medical is your solution. Just fill out their online form and one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then Jace will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. You can also send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions anytime. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical Plus and additional $20 off by using my code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. It's going to be a long off season before we really can get back into the nitty gritty details of you know, workout plans that guys did in the off season, numbers they had in the Arizona Fall League. Maybe it was the Dominican Winter League, the Mexican Winter League, you know, leagues across you know, the world, basically. We can break down numbers. There's no WBC to worry about. So uh, you can take this trajectory of maybe guys ending the season, going to do an off-season workout, and maybe make your own projections about who is going to actually bounce back. Because the Royals do need a lot of guys to bounce back if this is going to be a competitive 2024, which I'm sure for a lot of Royals fans out there, a lot of Royals fans listening, you want to see these guys bounce back. I don't think that we get enjoyment getting hope for guys and then being let down time and time and time again. That's just no fun to watch the team when guys you're counting on, guys you're banking on, don't come through. Don't carry on with success from week to week. Now, inconsistency, I thought, was a major problem of this team. There were many. There were flaws all over this team. But inconsistency was probably the worst part of it because they could be as good as winning seven or eight in a row and whether those games were lucky or not, the bad was really bad. And that's what's going to be the difference for this team moving forward is when you're slumping, when you're struggling, how bad does it really get? And if it gets as bad as losing three, four, five in a row, I mean, that happens. That happens to the best teams out there. But if your losing streaks turn into nine, 10, 11 game losing streaks, those losing streaks happen in April. Or maybe you win one game, you lose five in a row, win two games, lose seven in a row, you're losing series left and right. I mean, that inconsistency is going to derail a team. And that's going to derail you from being competitive in 2024. And I've highlighted guys that I think have to bounce back if this is going to be a fun team to watch in 2024. But one guy I feel pretty confident about, and I'm sure that I've vocalized it on the podcast before, it's Brady Singer. And this rotation can't be good with a bad Brady Singer. It just, it simply can't. You could go out there and sign an Aaron Nola, 
you could sign a Jordan Montgomery. The guys that really showcase in the postseason drop a lot of money, drop a lot of coin on a guy like that, and you could have Cole Reagans. The rotation won't be good unless they get that third spot in Brady Singer solidified. And I really do feel like I'll keep harping on it. I'll be beating a dead horse, I guess. But I really think Brady Singer is going to have a pretty good 2024. So much went wrong for him. It was the setback in the WBC, the untimely starts in spring training, the slow start in April, and then going through a really rough patch. He never was able to get back on course. The velo was down. Then he trusted the changeup. Then he didn't trust the changeup. And all that, I think, is going to be ironed out in the offseason. I don't have any true sources into that. I don't know where Brady Singer is going to be working out in. But it's very important for the competitiveness of this team and for the trade deadline next year. I thought that Brady Singer would be a really good trade candidate this offseason. Maybe he still is. Maybe teams are calling about him because they think what I'm thinking. He's going to bounce back this coming year. But I just feel like this rotation can't be good if he has another dud of a season. And if I had to place some money down, I would place some money down on him to have one of the better years of his career. Maybe not as good as 2022 because that was an incredible year for Brady Singer. But I don't think it's going to be as bad as it was last year. I can see him you know, working in 155, 160 innings, maybe get to 170 an ERA south of four. The whip gets down to league average. He's striking out at a higher clip again. I think the Velo's back a little bit next year with a normal spring training. So he's one of my guys to watch. The second guy I have, I don't even know if you can count it as a bounce back because he was really good in the second half for a long period. That's MJ Melendez. There's something about MJ that I constantly hold out hope for. I think he is somebody that has now found his position. He doesn't need to worry about catching. He doesn't need to worry about right field. He's going to be this team's left fielder. And when he's that left fielder, he knows how to play it now. It may not be the best. It may not look the smoothest, but he's not worrying about where he's going to play every single day. So therefore, he can just focus on hitting. And when he was focusing on hitting and he had defense, you know, batting down a little bit, he was a very successful contributor at the plate. He was above league average. The power came back. The walk rate came back. And I think with that quick adjustment he made with his hand placement right before uh, the All-Star break, that changed his career, I would say. Because if he struggles to end the year, I'm not saying that his career would have been done. But I don't think you look at MJ Melendez anymore. If he finished the second half exactly where he did the first half and you go, that's a guy uh, who's going to be in left field next year. I think you pencil an MJ Melendez pretty easily into the opening day lineup unless some big-time trade happens, which until those rumblings start, I'm not going to make that prediction. So he's my second guy to watch for as a big-time bounce-back candidate. And number three, I am going to say Michael Massey. Some people are not on the Michael Massey train. I get it. He doesn't hit well enough. Maybe you don't uh, like the slumps that he has, but people forget. Maybe you didn't, but I certainly did for a while how bad Michael Massey was in April. I mean, that's not even a below average hitter. That was one of the worst offensive players in baseball. And I don't think Michael Massey is that type of hitter. We saw once he was rolling, once he tapped into that power a little bit, you had a decently power hitting second baseman with above average defense. That's valuable to this team. He's making next to nothing. He's young. He's under control. If he can run into 15 home runs a year, I'm all right if your OBP is 305 or 310. You're showing more power there. I don't need the walk rate to be immense. You have great defense at second base. And I just ask you the question. It could be one stat here. If I gave you a gold glove caliber second baseman and he had 15, 16 home runs next year, would you take it? 
I think I would because I think second base isn't as valuable as a position as we lead it on to be. And I don't think Michael Mass is going to have as bad of a start as he did last year in 2024. He's got more games under his belt. He's a little bit more experienced, a little bit more mature, has a better approach at the plate. I think he is somebody that's going to have a much better 2024. I got hope for him. I got hope for Melendez. And I got hope for Brady Singer. So those are my three guys I think that are going to bounce back this upcoming year. All right, the last thing I want to dive into is a roster move that was made earlier this morning, and that's the Baltimore Orioles claiming Tucker Davidson off waivers from the Kansas City Royals. It was a short stint in Kansas City, but we've seen players go to Baltimore and thrive. Are the Royals going to regret this move? I'll tell you next on Lockdown Royals. You are tuning to Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. And you can find this podcast on wherever you get your podcasts. That can be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. And you can find us on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to the other title sponsor today in Fan. Do I know a lot of you out there? I've got a lot of friends that place bets every single week. NBA tipped off last night. College basketball is right around the corner. College football is coming up this weekend. NFL, of course. And the World Series is going to be happening this coming weekend as well. So there are a multitude of ways that you can start betting on these games. And you don't need to wait till the end of the game. You can bet in the game. It is a fantastic way if you are into sports betting. And where I go to, that is FanDuel. Now, with the World Series back in the postseason baseball in full swing. You need to go to FanDuel, which is America's number one sports book. Join FanDuel today and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Little money for a big time reward there. So just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. And if you don't want to wait until the whole game to get that W, predict what will happen with the next at bat with quick bets. So head on over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. There's always going to be these moves in the offseason that kind of fly under the radar. You'll forget who was claimed off waivers you know, a month from now. Until we get hit the winter meeting, which is when our podcast total for the week is going to go from five to three, which we're still going to be on edge, I would say a little bit, because if the Royals make a big time signing, big time trade, we'll have an additional podcast episode that week, if it really means we need to go into the extra content. But I would say for the majority of November, it's going to be pretty quiet. I don't think there's going to be a ton of signings happening. Of course, once December rolls around, that's when things really start to ramp up. They meet down for the winter meetings. The Rule 5 draft happens. But for these next couple weeks or so, there's going to be waiver claims of guys that you forget about two, three months from now. You're just not going to remember it. And if you didn't watch the Royals at the tail end of the year, you might not know who Tucker Davidson is. Well, Tucker Davidson was a part of a, a scheme that I liked, a method, method, really, that I liked for what the Royals did in the second half of the season. Take a waiver claim. No, it's the best way to find talent. Throw stuff against the wall. See if it works. It doesn't cost you anything. When you're as bad as the Royals were, which was the second second worst record in baseball, you try to add talent any way you can. And waiver claims are the best way to do it. Teams DFA guys left and right. You're high up on the order. You're high up on the pecking order. You are second. 
And the Royals claimed Tucker Davidson off waivers when the Angels DFA'd him. Now, he wasn't phenomenal. He didn't do anything extraordinary. And the Royals clearly want to revamp their bullpen. And Tucker Davidson wasn't a part of that. Now, the Baltimore Orioles this morning claimed him off waivers. And I already saw some people on Twitter going, oh, well, expect him to be one of the best relievers in baseball next year. And, of course, the Royals made another mistake. I mean, I'm just not there for it. I'm not going to immediately start slandering the move when I would say the majority of people who tuned out the Royals don't know who Tucker Davidson was. And am I saying it's impossible for Tucker Davidson to become a good reliever? No. He could be good for Baltimore next year. I know that he has. He used the uh, splitter a lot. And the Locked on Orioles podcast, you know, broke it down a little bit and said that, you know, there's a reason they like him. Felix Bautista throws a splitter a lot of the time, and so does Tucker Davidson. You like They like that pitch. They can work with that pitch. Maybe it works out for them. But here's the thing. With, with waiver claims, you know, that doesn't bother me. If you place a waiver claim on somebody and they don't perform that well for you and then you move on from them and he catches on elsewhere, well, it's just it happened. Okay, Brent Rooker was claimed off waivers by the Royals last year and then went and was an all-star with Oakland. Did that make Oakland that much better? No, sometimes it's new scenery, change of scenery. I mean, Tucker Davidson was with the Braves and then he was with the Angels, then the Royals. None of those teams could figure him out. I mean, actually, ERA-wise, Tucker Davidson had a career-best 5.05 ERA with the Royals. I'm just not losing that much sleep about it. You know, when the Royals moved on from Yoel Piams last year, it was like, I just... Don't know why when the bullpen was so thin. And then we saw him become a lights-out reliever in Milwaukee. Who even knows if Tucker Davidson's going to be on the roster in Baltimore? It's a loaded roster. You think they're jumping through hoops? They're doing backflips for claiming Tucker Davidson off waivers? If anything, it tells me the Royals are trying to seriously add to their bullpen. They're trying to clear some spots on the 40-man. They don't want to just go through guys that finish the year with them in the bullpen. There's going to be some guys that stick around. I think John McMillan will. I think that Colin Snyder will. I think that Dylan Coleman will, but they're going to want to add. And I'll ask you this right now. Would you rather move on from Tucker Davidson or would you like to see what's out there? I mean, if you kept Tucker Davidson and he's on the opening day roster in 2024, does that do much for you? Didn't for me. Uh, There wasn't anything that really stuck out to me. Yeah, I think he had a decent spin rate on the splitter, but when he was out there, he didn't blow me away. And it was kind of a tryout at the tail end of the year for Kansas City. Working with guys that could maybe be fits for the bullpen, he just wasn't one of those guys. And if Baltimore turns him into something, good for Baltimore. They clearly know how to fix bullpen guys. They fixed Jorge Lopez, traded him to Baltimore, or traded him to to Minnesota, excuse me, got Yenier Cano out of it. They swindled Minnesota. But that's what happens in baseball. Guys have a change of scenery. Guys work with different players different coaches, and it turns out better for them. I know at times it feels like the Royals are the only team that gets screwed by it, but they also had some successes this year. Texas probably feels a little bit dumb, not that they're probably not because they're in the World Series, but about losing Cole Reagans, never being able to tap into Cole Reagans' potential. The Royals did it with James MacArthur. They did it a little bit with Nelson Velasquez. We talked about all three of those guys yesterday. So they've been on the winning side of some things. I'm not saying they're always winning, but they're also not always losing, and I'm just not going to be losing much sleep over Tucker Davidson being claimed by Baltimore. If he succeeds, good for him. But the Royals need to add serious talent to their bullpen. I just don't think Tucker Davidson fit into those plans. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 
1-5. Until tomorrow, you take it easy, Kansas City.